In today's episode of Sports Talk from the Crib, it is part two, continuation there of part one of NFL Week 11 recap. If you're on part two already and didn't listen to part one, go ahead and go back and listen to part one. What are you doing? Anyways, we're going to get into the Green Bay Indy game, Taysom Hill's performance, and much more, including that crappy NFC East. All that coming up in part two. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome here. This is part two of the NFL recapping of NFL week. The awesome NFL weekend. It's Tanner Christian here. Sports talk from the crib. You're at the right place. Anyways, let's hop right into it, everyone. Packers, Colts. Colts came out with a huge victory by a final 34-31 there in overtime. Let's get into some of the stats first before we really dissect this game. Aaron Rodgers was being Aaron Rodgers, especially there in that first half. He was 27-38. 311 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Aaron Jones, 10 carries, 41 yards, touchdown on the ground. Phillip Rivers, who has played pretty damn well lately, and they needed him in this game. 24, 36, 288 yards, three touchdowns, a pick. Jonathan Taylor did his thing on there on the ground. The rookie out of Wisconsin, 22 carries and 90 yards. So the Packers were up in this game. 28 to 14 at half. It looked like they were going to run away with it. And the Indianapolis Colts held the Green Bay Packers to just three points there in the second half. And that came toward the end of the game. They took a big 31 to 28 lead after trailing by 14, 17 unanswered points. And Rodgers was able to lead them down to that huge drive to tie it up and send it into overtime. But in overtime, it just wasn't enough. As Voltez Scantling had a crucial, costly turnover there. Fumbled the ball. Colts able to recover. They get the game-winning 39-yard field goal. Win the game. And maybe it's time to finally stop sleeping on these Indianapolis Colts. I think it is. I've been sleeping on them too. Because I didn't think their offense would really kind of hold par I know their defense is pretty tough, but Phillip Rivers is up there in age. I just kind of didn't trust him, especially in that last year there with the Chargers. He didn't play very well, and I just don't think he has the arm straight, but it's working, and especially these last few games. The Colts are now 7-3. and three. The Packers dropped a 7-3, so they have the same record now. But the Colts, they have one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, they've won 4-5. or five. They have now are second in yards allowed at 298 yards a game. That's it. They're only allowing 298 a game. They held Aaron Rodgers to 311. Passing, that's pretty good. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers gets on a roll. A lot of that came on that final drive where he heaved a huge one to Valdez Scantling there for about 50 yards. But other than that, they pretty much held him in check. And this indie defense, they're only allowing, only allowing 20 points a game. 298 yards is second in the league and as overall pass or overall yards per game. So they're one of the top five in every pretty much statistical category, except from sacks. They're a little bit low on sacks. But when it comes to turnovers, 
passing yards allowed, rushing yards allowed, scoring defense. They are top five in the league in all those categories. And it's time to start putting some respect on them. They're doing a great, Frank Wright, the head coach, doing his thing. You know, Jonathan Taylor, after losing Marlon Mack earlier in the year, has come along very strong. Wilkins is playing pretty well in his little role he does. You know, the only loss the Colts had here recently was against Baltimore, where they just didn't play very well in offense at all. That's one of Phillip Rivers' you know, worst games of the season. And But other than that, this Indy team can't be slept on. I don't want to play their defense. Their defense struggled there in the first half, but that second half came out strong. And going forward here, there's a huge game next week versus the Titans. They get them at home. They play at Texans and the Raiders after that. But a huge game coming up versus the Titans. They're going to be both 7-3. This could be the deciding factor in the division. Now, the Colts have a little rough schedule coming up after this anyways. A little stretch here. So they have a very good possibility of taking the division. As long as they keep Philip Rivers managing the game and not turn the ball over. And he, he does this enough and they really need him this game. I'm not taking anything away. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He has so many great years there when you know playing for San Diego. And it's just I believe in him. I believe in that defense. They're there by Darius Leonard. I believe in that defensive side of the ball to be able to stop some offenses and to be able to slow the game down, especially come playoff time. And the big matchup is, of course, going to be next. Tennessee plays the same kind of way. Hence of why they're both having the same record here. Tennessee, hand the ball off, play action. Derrick Henry, abuse, the, <laughs> abuse that defense. You know, Jonathan Taylor's getting that way there for Indy. Hand the ball off, wear him out. He's nowhere as good as Derrick Henry. Don't get me wrong. When you guys jump into conclusions there, Derrick Henry's a beast and he's an animal class by himself. The guy is not human because nobody wants to tackle that man. You can tackle Jonathan Taylor. But I like the way the kid's playing. Rookie's playing phenomenal. And now the question is what is going for for Green Bay? Are they still one of the top NFC teams in the league? Yes. Are still one of the top 10 teams in the league? Yeah. I mean, it's just their defense and their linebacker crew is so horrendous. They can only stop you for so much time. Also, letting up the big play. Can't guard in, you know, in crunch time. They can't get after the quarterback. They can't stop the run. Because that linebacker play is so bad. Teams are just going to be running down their throats. But anytime you have Aaron Rodgers on the other side, he's going to make something happen. Now, they didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. They didn't make any moves in the draft. First round pick sitting on the sideline holding a clipboard. I don't even know if he's holding a clipboard. Jordan Love. They had a chance at, you know, Jefferson, who's balling there in Minnesota. They're a division rival. So he's out there being a heck of a cold, making Kirk Cousins look, you know, unstoppable at times there, pairing him with Adam Thielen. Now, just imagine that. You have Jefferson over there across the way, balling for Minnesota, pairing him with Adam Thielen, two wide receivers. What do you have in Green Bay? All that scanning? Is he really your number two guy? Like, that's not something to be scared about. If you would have had him to pair with Devontae Adams, that offense would be unstoppable. Because Aaron Jones, I think he needs to get the ball more. He only had 10 carries this game. 
should have ran the ball a little bit more there because they got a little pass happy. But I think they should have let the ball run the ball a little bit more and control the clock. You're up 14 at halftime. I don't know what is with teams going in the second half. You have a lead. Don't allow play around and let teams get hang around and get back in it. And look what happens. Same thing happened to Baltimore this Sunday. When they faced Tennessee, lost in overtime. Thing here, 14-point lead. We don't want to run the ball. We want to get a little pass happy. We don't want to chew up any clock. Let Indy come back rolling in the game. Have a little thing. Then Luck starts playing its course. Fumble the ball. Colts recover. Boom. Game-winning field goal. So, teams need to start running the ball and controlling the clock. Like, what's happening with that? Green Bay was one of the best-running de- offenses in the league last year, too. And you got Aaron Rodgers. And I think that's what let them get away. But, I mean, I still think the Saints are the best NFC team. The Seahawks are there with them. You got the Packers. I would still take him because you never know what could happen come playoff time. You got Aaron Rodgers. He made this sling the ball, get hot, and just sling it and hit everybody in stride and come out with one of the victories there. But the way they look like right now, I think the Colts, if they get in, they're winning their first playoff game. The Packers, maybe not so much. They may be able to one in and one out. They may be able to win the wild card game and then get bounced if that defense just doesn't get something fixed. But that's my take on the Green Bay Indie game. Now, the next topic I wanted to discuss is that Taysom Hill game. New Orleans Saints, they beat the... Yes, it was the Falcons. They beat them 24-9. But I want to know how y'all feel about Taysom Hill and the game he had against the Atlanta Falcons. And overall, he played well. 233 yards passing. He had you know, 51 yards rushing, including those two rushing touchdowns. Did they make the right move? It looks like for one game, they get you know his feet wet out there. His first career start gets the win there in, there for Sean Payton in the New Orleans Saints. I think I said before. I think this is the right move. I would start him over Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is a turnover machine. Who knows? Jameis Winston could go out there and throw for three hundred and fifty yards, couple touchdowns, you know, two picks. One of them leading to the defense, taking it down the house, therefore touchdown themselves, keep them in the game, gunslinging. But how about the New Orleans, De- the New Orleans Saints defense? They sacked Matt Ryan eight times. The defense played last lights out. They didn't even have Marshawn Lattimore out there covering. But Julio Jones was out too, so it was kind of a wash game a little bit, I guess you could say. But it was good to see Taysom Hill out there because I think he could lead them. The Saints are undefeated. Teddy Bridgewater stepped in last year, went 5-0 for the Saints. Taysom Hill is stepping in here. Drew Brees is still going to be out. He's going to miss another couple weeks, most likely, at, at the minimum, because we're finding more fractured ribs. You know, he had a collapse his lung, too. But I really like the New Orleans Saints. I still think they're the best NFC team ahead of everybody else. They demolished the Buccaneers twice. You know, the Rams are stepping up. We'll see what happens here tonight on Monday Night Football. But um, I just th- I just think the Saints are the team to beat in the NFC, especially Drew- now Drew Brees has to come back. I really believe, you know, Taysom Hill can't lead your team in rushing. I actually thought they were going to be running the ball there with Latavius Murphy and Alvin Kamara a lot more. Kamara, and they didn't really do that. I think this is a field-out game to see what, it, you know, Give him some practice reps in against that horrible Atlanta Falcon team. 
but I like the way he played, and I like the way things are looking going forward. Because that defense is playing like this, and then Drew Brees comes back. It could be the same thing as last year. Hopefully, the you know the Saints can get a little bit more luck this year. They've, over the last like three, four years, it just seems such bad luck happening at the end of games for them when it comes to playoff time. I hope it actually some luck goes back to him, especially in Drew Brees' final year, because he's not going to be playing any more football after this year. So, and it looks like he's got to come. He's got to come back anyway, because Tom Brady is going to be breaking that all-time touchdown, you know, record and whatnot. That's, they're in a battle for that. And this is Drew Brees last year. I know he wants to go out and try and be ahead of Tom Brady in that category. But anyways, I like the way they play. I like the team going forward. I'm still sticking with it. But the Saints has the best NFC team in the league. And hey, we'll see what happens. Now let's talk some bad football. And you know where I'm going with this one. That NFC East division. Can, it just, can somebody just win consistently? Guess what they all have now? Every single team has three wins. But there's a team with a tie earlier in the year that's currently taking first place because of the tie. The Eagles at 3-6-1 lead the division because of a tie. Washington, Dallas, 3-7, and seven. And those Giants who are off this week, 3-7. and seven. So, everybody's got three wins. They're going to, they would host a playoff game right now if the season ended today. Think about that. At 3-6-1, they would host, at home, a playoff game. Carson Wentz is playing absolutely horrible. Eagles, you lost to the Cleveland Browns. Why are you continuing this? You have no receivers. You don't have any run game. Carson West is just throwing the plate at pick six again. Like, turn the ball over in the red zone. Intercepted. He's leading the league 14 picks on the year. Wow. Dallas has tried to hand you the division. The Giants are trying to, everybody was trying to hand you the division. And you don't want to take it. So everybody was, all of a sudden, everybody started picking up their game. Washington won. You know, like this against the Bengals this week. The Cowboys won against the Vikings in Minnesota. They scored 31 points. What's going on? Andy Dalton returned three touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott, 100 yards rushing for the first time this year. Can the Cowboys come back out on top? Are they going to take control? They got their first win in weeks. The Giants were off. And they were they succeeded. <laughs> the Giants were off and it came out with a victory in itself. Washington winning with Alex Smith as the quarterback. The guy who hasn't played in the NFL in a couple years, who actually have a life threatening injury to his leg, is coming back and playing some damn good football. The Washington D line stepping up. Like, who is going to come out of this division? Who right now do you really trust to come out in this division and win it? I don't know who to pick anymore. I, it's just so frustrating to think about. 
I kept saying Eagles. I kept saying Eagles. But the way that team is playing, it's not saying like any team is really playing well in this division. But I may have to take the other guys ahead of them. I may have to pull for the Cowboys more than them. The Giants and Daniel Jones, if he just hit, you know, that last game, just hit a couple passes against the Buccaneers, they would have won that game. They're playing a lot better football. And I actually trust that defense. I actually trust the Washington team. The Washington football team, who doesn't even have a nickname anymore, may win the division. Can you believe that? A team that doesn't even have a name. We, they're the Washington football team. And they may win the division. I actually, if I had a, I don't even know who to pick. I was going to say, if I'm a bet, I don't know who, who you pick and what the odds are now. But I tell you what. I really tell you what. If I, I'm pulling for the Washington football team. Just because of Alex Smith. I've always liked him as a quarterback. I know he didn't literally live up to like number one overall pick dominance. But I'm kind of I'm really rooting for him. I am really rooting for him and this team to kind of push it over the hump and maybe possibly get in. Just because it'll be a damn good feel good. It'll be a damn feel good story. Alex Smith. Comeback player of the year leads the Washington football team who had to get rid of their nickname because everybody was offensive about it and they finally gave in and did it. They may win the division. I actually pulling for it to happen. I actually like the Giants more, but I want I'm pulling for Washington to come out. I'm pulling for the Washington football team. To come out, I think that would be a very good story. This is a damn feel-good story. And I'm pulling for Al Smith. I'm just pulling for him. I'm wishing him the best. And I want to see those young guys, especially on the defensive line. Terry McLaren, McLaren on that uh, wide receiver they have there is a great young kid, too. Antonio Gibson running the ball. It's very surprisingly well, too. And, hey, why not? Why not? I take him over the Eagles right now, though. That's for sure. But I look at the team. I, I think the Giants have the best overall team and the best overall chance to win it. But, you know, just imagine they have Saquon Barkley now. If he wasn't hurt out for the year. Oh, my goodness. I'll, I'll pick them in a landslide. The way this division is functioning right now. But... That's what I'm going for. That's my pick. I want to know what y'all's pick is. Who's going to come out of this horrible division? One of the worst we've seen in years. Who is going to come out? Um, I'm just going to go with Washington. Just because I don't think anybody else is picking them. <laughs> and I want Al Smith to win. That's my pick. I'm going with the Washington football team to come out of this division at the end of the year. <laughs> it probably won't go to happen, but I don't care. I just want it to happen. All right, now we're going to finish off the show with the Monday Night Football Preview. Rams and the Buccaneers. Who's going to win it? What is your pick? It's a tough one for me. <laughs> I think the Rams defense is playing lights out. The Bucs have struggled 
against good defenses this year. They struggled against the Bears. They, of course, struggled against the Saints twice and lost those both games. You know, if you get pressure on Tom Brady, you know he's going to fold like a blanket. But the same can be said for Jared Goff. He folds like a blanket if you get pressure on him. Although, look at that Miami Dolphin footage about a couple weeks ago where he got demolished and, sh- and is shaking up the whole entire game. So both of these quarterbacks struggle. It's going to come down to the offensive line play. Which team is going to protect them, their quarterback, more? And allow them to get the ball down the field. The Rams have those crazy, you know, formations, the trip bunch, you know, they run. And then, you know, quick, you know, out patterns there. The Cooper, or excuse me, the Amari Cup. And I'm saying Amari Cooper or Amari Cup. Oh, my Cooper Cup. I got Amari Cooper there messed up. Cooper Cup. You know, those little quick, you know, fast plays they play to him. I'm just still thinking about that horrible NFC East because Amari Cooper's been playing very, very bad. Two hundred million dollar man. Another $100 million man that ain't doing nothing. But anyways, back to the Rams and Bucks. It's just, I wonder who's going to come out. Aaron Donald is going to be able to terrorize the offensive line by himself. You know, Tristan Wirfs is going to have to come in and help out. He's out there at tackle. I hope he doesn't get matched up with Aaron Donald. That may be a nightmare. Jalen Ramsey's playing very well. I like that Rams defense. I like their offense. You know, Bucks can the whole Bucks. You know, offense, can they pick up where they left off where they're actually running the football, you know, not getting all pass-happy with all their weapons? Yes, they have Gronk. They have Antonio Brown now. They got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You know, they got everybody. Ronald Jones played, almost had a 200-yard rushing game last time they were out. You know, Leonard Fournette's still there. So who's going to come out on top? I'm actually going to go with the Rams. I actually think this is going to be a more scoring, like higher scoring game than people think. I just think they're both offenses are going to get their time. You know, I think this could be a, a huge matchup. Maybe, remember the days of the Rams and Bucks, the greatest show on turf going against that great defense. Obviously, times have changed since then. I'm going to go with the Rams in this one. I'm picking them by a final 27 to 24. That's my prediction for tonight's game. We'll see if that lines up. I'll probably be wrong. But, you know, it's good to have some fun with it. <laughs> I, uh, Tom Brady, got to protect him. He's a key, that's the key for Tampa. No, Devin White, you know, those in that crew on that defensive side of the ball, they have to get after Jared Goff. They have to get after him. That secondary seems to take too many chances at, at times. And that defensive front, Shaq Barrett, you know, you know, the whole crew can get after him. I think that could be a deciding factor, but... Rams 27, Bucks 24. That's my prediction from my night football. We'll come back tomorrow and see if that prediction held true or not. I don't really trust Jared Goff. I can't believe I'm saying the Rams. But I think their defense will get enough pressure on Tom Brady to force a few mistakes and you know hold on the win there toward the end of the game. That's my prediction. And that's going to do it for today's episode. I want to thank you all for joining me here on Sports Talk from the Crew with your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian. Part 2, Part 1, NFL Week 11 recap. It's in the books. Remember, check out the official website there at feeleheatentertainment.com. That's feeleheatent.com. For the latest sports updates news, you can stream the podcast right there on the website as you, you know, look through the articles and whatnot. It's also available on every single 
streaming platform. Whatever is your favorite, be sure to subscribe. Be sure to check it out every single day you can. All right. And also, official Instagram there, Feely Heat ENT. It's Feely Heat Entertainment. Facebook, Feely Heat Entertainment as well. Let's get it going. Thank you for joining me. Y'all have a blessed day. Catch you next time.